You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'm excited to have John Chisholm. He is the author of Unleash Your Inner Company. With three decades of experience as an entrepreneur, CEO, and investor, author John Chisholm knows your concerns and questions on building up your firm. His latest book, Unleash Your Inner Company, shares insights into how you can build your startup firm and channel innovative strategies to ensure positive results. John joins us today to discuss more aspects of his book and how Different is even better than better. John, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Rick, thanks so much. Delighted to be here. Hey, let's start by asking you to, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your history in entrepreneurship. Well, I like to say I had a great advantage in starting out. I got fired from my previous job, and uh, I wasn't planning originally to start a business or start consulting. I originally was looking for a new job, but I had a chance to do some consulting. I learned a lot. Then I went back to uh, looking for a job again. Then I had a chance to do another consulting project. I did that, and then another, and another, and so forth, and eventually I quit looking for a job. That was in 1984. (laughs) Oh, wow. And um, I evolved my consulting practice into my first software company, Decisive Technology, in 1992. That company was uh, eventually acquired by Google, and then my second company, uh, that was in online surveys, my second company was Customer Sat in Enterprise Feedback Management. That company I founded in 97, and it was acquired by Confirmant. My third company I co-founded with my former CTO in 2012. That company is called Pies. Uh, it's in mobile intelligence, and uh, we haven't been acquired yet. We just launched our product this year. So uh, anyway, I've had it's been keeping me busy uh, for the last uh, 25 or 30 years, uh, entrepreneurship, and I. after I sold my second company, I decided to try to distill everything I'd learned over the last 20 years into a step-by-step guide that anyone could follow, and that's what Unleash Your Under Company is. So, could you ever go to work for somebody again? <laughs> I, I think I'm not qualified anymore, or, or uh, I'm not sure I'd be hired, but... Uh, you know, we entrepreneurs do, of course, have bosses. Uh, it's just not a boss in the uh, conventional sense. Our bosses are our customers, right. our employees, our, our stakeholders, our shareholders. And uh, so there are plenty of people who are accountable to, in fact, many, many stakeholders, not just a single boss. So, John, it, it sounds like a lot of your entrepreneur experience and startup experience is in some flavor of technology based on kind of what you just gave us as a quick overview of your background. Is is that fair to say the companies yeah. that you've started have been around technology? That's right, yeah. And, um, and why is that? Well, I knew when I was in college I wanted to come out to Silicon Valley, and that was back in the 70s when... Uh, Silicon Valley was much smaller and less smaller than it is today. <laughs> right. And and uh, my I went to school on the East Coast, so where? Um, it, it, well, I was in, uh, MIT. I was an undergrad and got a master's from there in, in electrical engineering. Okay, you're kind of downplaying that a little bit. That's an that's an impressive institution to have gone to school, get accepted, go to school, and graduate from, John. So I'm Actually, glad. M- MIT is is a fabulous place. It is uh, the coolest place in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And and the good news is. They are making all of their courses online right. and available to anyone free of charge. 
And anyone who has a deep aspiration and motivation to learn just about any aspect of science can go to their website. It's MITx dot edu, I think. And then there's also uh, edx, uh, which is a joint online venture between MIT and Harvard dot uh, edu. And uh, just look at all of the courses and whatever you're interested information technology. Uh, life sciences, uh, chemistry, biology, math, you name it. Uh, and it's a tremendous gift to the world that uh, MIT has initiated. And uh, 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 your listeners will, I think, find value in it and enjoy checking it out. We're talking with John Chisholm. He is the author. We're really focused on his latest book, uh, Unleash Your Inner Company. Okay, tell me the inspiration for writing this book, John. Well, for that, let me take you back to the toughest year of my life, uh, which was 2000-2001, the dot-com bust. Uh, just to refresh your uh, listeners' memory, uh, the Internet first became productized and commercialized in the 1990s. Uh, throughout that decade, it attracted billions of dollars of investment and overinvestment. Uh, that huge boom reached a crescendo in 1999, and the boom collapsed in the dot-com bust of 2000 and 2001, when thousands of Internet startups were uh, going out of business left and right. Well, I started my second company, as I mentioned, Customer Sat, in 97. And in the first quarter of 2001, I would often wake up suddenly in sweat-soaked mm-hmm. sheets sticking to my skin. Uh, our, our second round of financing, our Series B round, refused to close despite a flurry of meetings with investors as we ran out of cash. And those nights I would get up, shower off the sweat, and try to get back to sleep. When our management team and I finally realized that our Series B round was not going to close, we huddled to figure out what to do. First, we cut our own salaries by 10%. A few weeks later, those of all of our employees by 10%. I cut my own salary and that of my CFO by 50%. Then agonizing and debating over every individual, we laid off 40% of our workforce. Wow. 40% of the company I had spent the last three years of my life building. <laughs> when I assembled our remaining employees immediately after that to explain to them that this was the only way we could stay afloat and stay together, I felt my composure collapsing, and I broke down sobbing in front of our employees. They stood there stunned, sympathetic, and embarrassed that their CEO was crying in front of them. Prior to that first quarter of 2001, our revenues had been on a steep growth curve, and at first we naively thought that we might escape the dot-com bust, but it finally hit us in that first quarter of 2001. To help us get through, one of our investors lent me $300,000 for the company, but not directly to the company, meaning that I would be would be personally reliable for repaying the loan. Wow. And I would later repay that investor by mortgaging my townhouse in Menlo Park. The second quarter, so the first quarter of 2001, our revenues fell by 20%. The second quarter, they fell again. This time, I reduced my salary to minimum wage, the legal limit. Uh, to help us make payroll, we factored receivables, which means selling your future receivables mm-hmm. at about a 20% discount for cash today, an expensive maneuver, not something you want to do routinely. To save on rent, we mortgage, we, we moved to the uh, uh, less attractive second floor of our building where we consolidated and rented out the ground floor to another startup. 
that company uh, paid us rent for a short time, then quit paying us rent, and then came in late one weekend night, cleared out all their belongings, and disappeared without a trace. The nightmare would not end. Finally, we could see profitability ahead in the third quarter of 2001, and then, as you know, on September 11th, terrorists sure. attacked the World Trade Center and other targets. The entire Northeast communications grid was down. It took an entire day just to confirm that all of our employees were still alive. But the next day, I was finally able to send out a message, all customer set employees are safe. We were 3,000 miles away in the in Silicon Valley, and yet even there, every company I know in Silicon Valley had customers or clients who lost employees or family members in the uh-huh. terrorist attacks. Uh-huh. If the dot-com bust of September 11th uh, of 2000 and 2001 did not kill a company, almost certainly the terrorist attacks of September 11th did. Sure. Well, we, we didn't uh, make a profit in the third quarter. We did break even in the fourth quarter. Uh, we did not hire a single new employee for 18 months, and the going kept tough for the next two or three years. But we made it through. And the, the company was acquired in the first quarter of 2008. And so I'd often wondered, why did customer set survive when so many other companies failed? And it was that question that led me to write this book, Unleash Your Inner Company. Excellent. Uh, the book contains a lot of insights and perspectives that I think you'll find are fresh and not found very many other places. Well, I know uh, that you. Example. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I need to take a break here on Critical Mass Radio. Yeah. So, John, when we come back, I, I want you to maybe take us through in the next block uh, the step by step process, step by step process that you have that guides people from startup into entrepreneurship. Can we? Can we right. do that? Good deal. All right. So, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Literally. Uh, We'll be back in 60 seconds. We have a very short commercial. It happens to be a commercial for me, so I hope you will listen to it on the live stream or on the podcast. We'll be back with John Chisholm talking about his book, Unleash Your Inner Company, after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, Type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show, and they put it on their uh, website. Since 2009, our show has reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream and our podcast. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show in your podcasting software to find our weekly show. Each week we have one or two or maybe three or four guests that we interview, and we always target our audience to the CEOs and business owners running two to $100 million companies. Uh, our guest today on this show is John Chisholm. He is the author of Unleash Your Inner Company. Before the break, I, I asked John if he would take us through a, the step-by-step process that helps guide people into kind of startups and entrepreneurship. Can you tell me a little bit about your guide and, and kind of the content of your book? Yes, Rick. 
Well, as I mentioned, it was the it was the experience of 2000, 2001, the dot-com bust, bust that led me to write the book. And I just shared with your listeners wow, how difficult that period was with the dot-com bust, the September 11th attacks. And if I had to reduce it to just two factors, why we survived when so many other companies did not, I would say it was because, one, we cared more deeply about our business, about all aspects of it, of the coolness of our products, the satisfaction of our customers about each other. And we stuck with it longer than other companies did. As I mentioned, it was another seven years before the company was acquired. Uh, many other companies threw in the towel before that. So this combination of passion and perseverance, the same combination that your listeners can muster to start their own businesses and make it a success is what got us through. Everybody talks about passion these days. A few people talk about perseverance. No one is talking about how the two reinforce each other, how they form a positive feedback loop. But if you just stick with something long enough so that you get good at it and start to like it and love it, that's an example of perseverance driving passion. Similarly, if you love an activity, you know how the hours can go by like minutes. It's easy to persevere in those circumstances. That's an example of perseverance, of passion-driving perseverance. So you can see how they form a positive feedback loop. And if your listeners can think of any situation where they've experienced this positive feedback between passion and perseverance, that's probably a really good area to consider starting a business. In fact, the, the title of the first chapter in the book is Passion and Perseverance, a Positive Feedback Loop. So the book lays out a 10-step process, starting with what are you passionate about? Number two is what are unsatisfied customer needs and areas you're passionate about? Going all the way through to step number 10, which is scaling up the uniquely differentiated business you've created. So within areas that you're passionate about, there are only two things you need to start a business and make it a success. One is a real unsatisfied customer need, and two is an advantage for satisfying that need. Now, there are tons of real unsatisfied needs out there, even just in the areas you're passionate about. And you and each each and every one of your radio listeners has tons of advantages, whether or not they realize it. But the two are like puzzle pieces. They have to fit together. And so the process is in large part a process of search, finding, recognizing all of the puzzle pieces that you have at your disposal, and then finding the two puzzle pieces that fit together the best, and then making that fit as strong as possible by acquiring the right resources, that means finding the right co-founder, hiring the right team members, uh, acquiring the right tools and, and technologies, and then uh, finally narrowing it down to the one best fit between the customer need and your advantages. That's where you're most likely to be successful, and that is the 10-step process that the book walks you through. Finding a real unsatisfied need is not an easy process, though, is it, John? And what advice do you give to an entrepreneur to really know how to do that research and discover kind of what they can build a business on? Well, it does take work, Rick. It absolutely does, because after all, if it had already been recognized, quite possibly someone else would have satisfied it. Right. Uh, I, do, I do point out that no matter what your passion is, there will be unsatisfied customer needs in that area. Let me give you an example. Let's say your passions don't seem very businesslike. 
let's say they're long, hot baths and kittens and comic books. Those don't seem very businesslike, do they? No. But even in those areas, there are a potentially infinite number, long, hot baths. Uh, people like to read and listen to music and talk on the phone when they're in the tub. Well, how about a floating waterproof case for your iPad or iPhone so that you can do those things while you're soaking in the tub? Kittens. People, uh, kittens lose a lot of their cuddliness when they grow up to be cats, don't they? What about a diet or a genetic therapy for kittens that would keep them kittens for their entire lives? That, there'd be a lot of demand for that pet, wouldn't there? Comic books. The hugely successful trade show Comic Con in San Diego each year attracts about 150,000 attendees. People dress up as their favorite comic book characters. Hugely profitable. So no matter what your passion is, there will be real unsatisfied customer needs. Here's one technique, just one of several discussed in the book for finding potentially unlimited number of real unsatisfied customer needs. Think of any product or service you currently use in, in an area you're passionate about. Well, let's say you're an avid runner. Well, one of the products you use is running shoes, right? Think of limitations of your running shoes. Well, I can think of three limitations of my running shoes. One, they start to smell after I've worn them too many times. Two, if I want to change the shoelaces to match my outfit, it's a hassle to thread and rethread those shoelaces. Three, uh, they don't tell me how far I've run or how fast I've run. And the shoes should know that, shouldn't they? Okay, so those are three possible customer needs. We have to go online, talk to people, visit shoe stores, do some research to confirm that they're real and unsatisfied. Let's, uh, real means that a sufficient number of other people have the needs, not just you. And unsatisfied means that there's not a product or service that fully satisfies that need currently. Well, let's say we satisfy ourselves that the real, the need is real. And, uh, we, we go online to see if there are solutions for them already. Well, let's take, first of all, the shoes, the changing of the, uh, shoelaces to match our outfit. Let's say we can't find anything that does that. Great. That's an opportunity for us to be creative, come up with a new solution for that need. Maybe it's a set of shoelaces that snap on and snap off. Now, for the shoes that smell, there are already solutions for that. There are uh, foot sprays and and, and uh, foot pads and so forth. Uh, but when we examine those solutions, we find that they, too, have limitations. The pads and sprays have to be done either every day or every few days. So that's a limitation. What if they could be done, what if you could go for weeks or months without having to replace them? Uh, so that's a possible solution that we could provide and, or a possible customer need that we could confirm and then look for a solution for. And then as far as the uh, shoes that don't tell us how far or fast we've run, of course there are solutions for those already. There are uh, the Jawbone Up, odometers, uh, Fitbit, and so forth. Uh, but those solutions, too, have limitations. They have to be put on taken off. What would be a possible solution to those limitations? Well, what if it was built into the shoe and so on? So you can see we start with a single product or service in an area we're passionate about, and it expands into an entire tree of possible unsatisfied customer needs. And and so we have an from one product alone we've generated an entire tree of possible needs and we can evaluate each of those and see if 
how, how big the opportunity is and how we whether or not we can come up with a solution for it. Think of what if we did that for all of the products and services that we currently use in areas we're passionate about. Right. So that's just one technique for coming up with a potentially infinite number of unsatisfied customer needs. That's excellent. That was a great demonstration, John, of the kind of the thought tree. So if someone's interested in finding out more, possibly buying Unleash Your Inner Company, your latest book, where do they find it? Where would you suggest that they go to buy the book? Well, just type it in, the name of the book, Unleash Your Inner Company, into Amazon. It'll pop right up. It's gotten wonderful reviews. Uh, you can also visit my website, www.unleashyourinnercompany.com. The website has a direct link to the Amazon page. You can also visit my, my business website, if you wish. Uh, we do uh, advising to uh, entrepreneurs and angel investing. Uh, that's www.johnchismventures.com. That's J O H N. C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M Ventures.com John, I want to thank you for being a friend of the show and welcome you to our Critical Mass business community. Thanks for writing this book and I encourage people who are interested in the concepts to follow up by uh, finding the book online and buying your copy. Thank you for being a guest on the show today. Rick, it's been a great pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. You too. I'd like to thank our engineer for today. His name is Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the firm that I lead and the CEO peer groups that I lead, then visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. This was episode 952. This is our 952nd podcast that we've done in the series and excited to, uh, to keep cranking forward. Until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 